Welcome back, everybody. This is the Bodega Board Crew Podcast, Volume 33. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking time out of your day uh, for sitting with us, walking with us, running with us, driving with us, lounging with us. Whatever you're doing, it's with us, and I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, so I really appreciate that. Um, how are you guys doing? You guys been catching some uh, some waves out there? I know it's been the same old, same old conditions as usual. Um, so I don't have much to report. Um, except I got my hands on a three-fin bonzer that I'm kind of excited about exploring that wormhole. Uh, it's something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. And, uh, you know, Joel and a bunch of other people have pointed me in the right direction. And I really appreciate it. So I uh, took it out for a spin uh, yesterday on some pretty shitty waves. But all the same, it was fun figuring stuff out. It does this weird kind of turning thing that I have to get used to. Um, but either way, I think it's something that I'm really excited about entering this wormhole and uh, seeing what the bottom of it looks like um, as I go out there. Well, what have you guys been surfing on? Have you guys been catching waves? I hope so. I hope someone out there is scoring. Uh, I know we've had a, a couple of decent days. Um, we've actually just finished up filming for Lucy's. Uh, we had our last filming session the other day. Uh, Malibu and uh, Topanga and got our last couple of clips of people and now it's going into the editing bay so hopefully we'll have that done for uh, the current show on uh, well the show that the current's putting on June 1st uh, I think that's where it's premiering um, but I'll let you guys know about that more as time gets closer but now let's do a little bit of housekeeping this is the Bodega Board Crew podcast volume 33 Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full uh, episode description on your iTunes player for track listings, things we're talking about, and things regarding people that we're talking with. This episode is really interesting because we got to sit down with Skip Engblom and uh, Matt Wesson, who have this uh, art show called LA County that's been traveling. Originally started out in Japan, it's made a couple of U.S. stops, um, and it's going to have another incarnation here in Los Angeles. So we sit down with them, talk about their pieces, the, the process that went through uh, their minds to produce this show, and also a little bit of like L.A. history with Skip. And no Bodega Border Crew podcast would be complete without a couple of short takes. This week, uh, we have a little news on a uh, Italian surf film that's being developed called Nausicaa that sounds really interesting. We also have uh, some short takes to do with a charity that we're really um, happy to try and support called A Walk on Water, which I think everyone should support. Uh, there's a clip that we unearthed on Duncan Malcolm's uh, Vimeo account having to do with three fin bonzers. And lastly, we have this link to a huge, huge hour and a half compilation of Mexi Logfest footage of everybody. So make sure to stick around uh, when we talk about that. But honestly, I don't want to keep anyone any longer. Uh, just want to get into the tracks. This track we're starting off with, we've had on an episode before. It's still one of my favorite Tribe Called Quest tracks, uh, one of the older ones. The beat, the rhymes, the whole thing um, is one of my favorites. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and I'll check you guys out in a little bit. Peace! <laughs> 
brother, 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 Lucy and you like no other. Listen very close, cause I don't like to boast. Instead, I tell the tale of the French who prevail through the Mr. Crazy Rabbits who are always on his tail. Rent ain't on sale, your roomie starts to wail. Get caught with stolen goods, then you will go to jail. If you go to jail, then who will pay the bail? They put you back to France on a ship with a sail. Escargo, Lucy and you eat snails. Hey, yo, Tim, what's wrong with snails? From the Zulu nation, from a town called Paris. Yeah. Came to America to find liberty. Uh-huh. Instead of finding pleasure, all your family's misery. Mm-hmm. But listen, Lucy, and you have a friend in me. Wow. Oh, luck, luck will drive your butt batty. Yeah. Next time you bit some wheels, make it a caddy. In terms of doing good, I know you wish you really could. But listen, brother man, I really think you can. Mm-hmm. Succeed with the breed of the brothers who you back. Yeah. It's the creme de la creme. And you can vouch for that, it'll take a minute, rice. So take my advice. Trust in us, thus you trust in your life. Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and you should know. Ready, Lou? This one is for you. Coming from a true blue, fits like a shoe. Come on, stop the stare, or come on, tell it, boo. Lucy in, I'll leave it up to you. That last gonna backlash fast. Can you get a grip on the crackhead dip? So drew a paper bag. Guess he saw you coming. VC y'all from a neck boom bumming. Ten dollars, brother, he was humming and strumming. Only had twenty, he was living like a slumming. Gave him the money, well I thought that was something. Looking like a kid who was lost in crumming. Don't worry about a thing, I won't get specific. This is a song that is long and prolific. Think of the stuff that I said if you can. Figure it out, compute, understand. No problemo, I'll help you with your demo. If you go to the store for me, Lucian, I'm just kidding, you should know. But you got crazy ignition Sure the sugar babies Want to give you a chance With the French savoir faire And the sexy glance But is she really fly Or is she a guy I won't ask why Cause I know that you try You try too hard Is that the answer to the riddle Instead of doing so much Why don't you do just a little Boy what a cat I guess we shouldn't treat him bad In fact it would be nice If we understood him right A case of position In the feet in the shoes Sympathetic reason In the case of the blues Lucy in his blue Even though he's really brown I had to make the sound His life is too profound On the up and up He's something like a little pup Young and naive It's hard to believe As long as you're strong You can quest with the questers Jolly like a jumping bean Or a jester Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and Lucy And you should know Fuck the game, I got all this work on me, I ain't come for play. You 
can show the little shorties how you bump and play for dogs. Not to death, I'm not impressed, I'm not amused, I'm not confused, I'm not the dude. I'm grown man minutes, I am not in school. Put your hand down, young, and this is not for you. On my J.O. with beats by Kanye, yo. My name on the market, your name off the payroll. Stop fresh like I'm still a day old. And it's been like that since the day old. I'm on time with a roll of your Seiko. Step on deck, your neck, do what I say so. Get up or get out, get down or lay low. Standing in the shadow of a fabulous man. Brooklyn nigga, I am. That nigga, that dude. Black people, let's move. Shout out to my man Talib Kweli. Yes, we a topper, topper. Shada, shada. Check it out. Slim nigga, to cast a big shadow. Cherokee red to shoot the long arrow. Got more skill, more aim, and more ammo. You can get it all from a big or small barrel like Hail Mary, full of grace. Niggas come in and shoot up the place and make it pull up your face. The deck, I'ma pull out the ace from the jungles of the Empire State where ain't no escape. 247718, and that's like every night, every day. From the place that I settle and stay to the states, I'm collecting my pay. Blast off, then I'm back to the K. Hold it down, so my family straight. Represent in the family. Way. Pro ball, not for amateur play. Been raw since the amateur stage. Before the press and the cameras raised. Like a long time handling way. You understand it straight? Yes. No doubt. Excellent. It's what it is. It's what it is. And that's what it is. See? See? Ha. Because it is deeper, sweeter, richer, crisper. Stronger reception and sharper picture. Revolve around God and involve with niggas. These elements help evolve my scripture and make most of a classic modern figure. Brooklyn, it don't matter if you holler or whisper. You're coming through clan cause I'm right here with ya. Ain't gotta edit your slang, I got it, I get ya. Yo, brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, the lovers, the leavers, the doubters, believers, the slayers, the quitters, the bitches, the niggas, rebel gorillas, the ghetto civilians. Y'all can feel it from the first to the many if it's extra. Ordinary and plain, I walk a thousand paces of light ahead of the game. By the time that you get where I'm standing, I'll be gone. Y'all make moves, but y'all just move wrong. I move in and y'all must move on. Cause I move too strong, and I know what my feet move for. Make it go without a brand new car. I was fresh without a brand new song. I give a fuck about what brand you are. I'm concerned what type of man you are. What's your principles and standards are? You understand me, y'all? Be good to your family, y'all. No matter where your families are, cause everybody need family, y'all. Raise a hand, you understand me, y'all. Everybody need family, y'all. Be good to your families, dawg. Understand. No matter where your families are, everybody need family, dawg. Raise your hands, you understand me, Paul. That's what it is. My man. Family of my family, Pistol P. Planet Earth are tired. Are tired. In an effort to aid in the great shift, myriads of light bodies incarnate. Get up! 
to rock mics. Complex, this hip-hop alchemy. When I was a kid, I watched Electric Company. Now I'm all grown, living life to the bone. New tone, spaceship take me home. Back to the seventh sun, the seventh one. When I drop patience, Kevin's done. This eloquent vernacular is black enough to bring the change of Dracula. Uh, I'm hitting them with synonym adrenaline. Then ascending up to the kingdoms of the heavens. And a matter of time before this rhyme, infiltrates the bloodstream. Enter the mind of a man living a life in Babylonia. I'm lonely as you went to California. Frisco, hypnos, get close, crystals, taking it back to the raw rap rock. You're not uptown, chilling at the corner store, thinking, why the hell do I front? I'm hardcore like Castro, master flows, past the golden lakes. Whatever you think, it's all old, get it? Whatever the course, I will not force. MCs acting a boss, they all get tossed off the plank. Hold the dank, I don't burn. I got a lot to say, but really lots to learn. Turn, maybe you're just not concerned, whatever earn. Thinking for the most high, yearn to flip the death. Some hit to miss, don't get fooled by lyrical ventriloquist to twist. Mostly, I'm Chris Najee, come back to slip rap. Do it to the crowd, make them clap. Hey, yo, you know what I hate? Man, my love. When people be like, if I was you, but you're not.
Quali, you should rap about this. You should rap about that. Any more suggestions? You in the back. Yeah, you. You should rap on beat. You should rap more street and never ever get your Mac on, please. How about you? I like it when you're melodic. It's cause you capture hypnotic portraits that seem to make the average exotic. It's probably you nice. I know you getting some love, but you can't spit like a thug. And you will blow, you make a hit for the club. Word. I don't like your voice. I don't like your choice of beat. It sounds like it's forcing. What was up with that ball for me? I ain't like that. No. Now you should get with high tech. Now he got nice tracks. Mother dudes type wet. Yeah, people keep it coming. I keep it bubbling like the heat from the oven boiling the water and the hate sort of life of fire. I got a mic empire, my own label. I had to emancipate me, me like Mariah. At some point I might retire on support at my legacy. Bush like Mariah. Ellis flow found in the game, soothing like the sound of the rain. It's this dude profound and profane. By refusing to be sounding the same, keeping the verses, deleting the curses, defeating the purpose. When the people go on strike, I'm in the street with the workers, picking the words from a pulpit like the preachers of churches. Raise my hand, all the teachers get nervous, cause they know I air them out and they ain't even really gotta hear me out. Keep it dirty like Pigpen, voice in the warrior's head like Lynn Thigpen, clocking like Big Ben. Old school slang still find a way to innovate. Pete Rock got a feeling great, the lady said, Would you stay around with me? And please say it wrong, cause these rappers faking I'm in love with your state of mind, cause you a favorite of mine, and I know you want your grind, I don't wanna waste your time, but baby, won't you stay around with me? Like the tip of the L, it's heavyweight rap, tipping the scale, and we never let the system prevail. Real picture us missing a sale, never that is forbidden. Like a candy sisters lifting the veil, I'm still leading the pack. Comes cast slack, and just because you be having a dragon, don't mean you got to fight. It ain't nothing to play with, it's sacred. My pen is my paintbrush, a dip in the paint plus. Truth, love, joy, anger, hatred, and anguish. That's the spectrum of the colors of pain. With I don't feast at the banquet, cause freedom is the set that I bang with. Listen, the conditions in my slum. Village is tainted. I grew through the pavement like the flower the girl drew in the paper. The sky's bluer than the eyes of the savior. The rules of engagement that they use as tools of enslavement got us stressed out, losing the patience. The moves that I'm making across waters for contraband that I'm taking across borders. Information never lost in translation. Too many new words to be learned. I'm spitting fire, giving third degree burns, giving them heat strokes. Hotter than rocking a pea coat and finish feast though. All these rappers soup like me, so we go back in the days like reminiscing with Pete, yo. Ladies, welcome to the Quali Show. She goes, you stay around with me? Man, please say it wrong, cause these rappers faking I'm in love with your state of mind, cause you a favorite of mine, and I know you want your crown. I don't want to waste your time, but baby, won't you stay around with me? Let my love, let my love, let my love. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Talib Quali. Yeah, this eardrum, y'all. Bubba, bubba, banging on your eardrum. We got the incredible Pete Rock on the track line. I like that. I like that. I want to give an extra big shout out to my man Dave Dar, holding me down as always and as usual. And his newborn son, Cannon, brand new to the world. Down with Blacksmith. Blacksmith is the movement. Gene Gray, strong arm, steady gang. Talib Kweli, that's what it is.
shine. We'll talk so it's hard to trust. I'm in it for the long ride. Like I drive a Charlie bus. Scars and blood from the deadly bars I bust. And saw we trust the army body bombs off us. Log about it, they say it. You can hardly doubt it. Who's the best? Who's the worst? We can argue hours. Running through Soldier Field, I'm Jordan Howard. Nowadays, they respect money more than power. Money, power, respect. We all want some. I ain't waiting. I need it in one lump sum. Made man trade hands with young guns. They stop manufacturing the cloth that I'm cut from. Only time you said trip is when you binge on Netflix. Reckless, running up like yes, so listen, please. I ride a light speed, except the snare kicking keys. Jeez, I teach, but I kill them when the class on. So I got no pupils like Spidey with the mask on. Generally speaking, each rhyme is five star. Split personality, I ride with a sidecar. I can't think of the rhyme, it must be misplaced. It's on the tip of my tongue like Stan Smith's face. Hold on. Something about a fly sound and how you got no bars like a dry town, so pipe down. The beat bumps like bad skin. Captain gonna teach stuff. Shout to Craig Lynn, that's the line, yo. Let the mind take you where the cameras can. It's very necessary, like a Q-tip Grammy rant. Speak proper, some airheads say the act white. Caps flight, bread good, so he tends to pack light. Got jokes, but usually don't engage in no snap fight. Could be considered a waste confronting snakes on the back bite. Detrimental to cultures that they like sight. Ass wipe, catch him on stage, mad hype. With a trash mic, month later in the gutter, glass pipe and a flashlight. Looking around for something, he's still scurrying. Bewildered, incite riots, and minds going blurry. It wasn't really shit to say, much to their chagrin or dismay. The licks had him on the ropes, then he made a big mistake and hit the hay. Went home and hit the day. Burned the midnight oil and flipped the shit a different way. Disaster, time is a component. Setting fire to rappers in a monumental moment. And the game's potent, it's like a never ending quotient. A minute ago, it was smiles and hugs, now where the fuck the door went? He's so bent, it's like he set the shit straight again. Balls from the drop and he ain't even close to saying when. But, but, villain. Nothing ever stolen. Was given as a blessing, think the universe owe him. Got faith in the vessel, but no one to keep rowing. Yeah, and get about your own way when delivering the poem. Those who think they do, don't know them. No different than a squad of birds ready to blow them. Sorry, Charlie, get back up on your Harley. Win, lose, a draw, plus beat you at Atari. Drop the ass deep in some far-off safari. I probably even got the answer to who the hell are we? Metal face squad drone, tell a real one, Shalom. In a calm tone, bomb tone. All right, now, this is how we gonna do this shit. You know what I'm saying? Niggas wasn't out in the streets back then when we was doing this shit, son. You know what I mean? Yeah, check the story. I don't flush bags of powder down Project Toilet. You could have found me on the steps, dust, unable to call it. Gems in my pocket, uh, the rental was stolen. Tapping pockets on the local drug dealers just to see what they holding. I know niggas with crack valves stuck to their colon. The ashes them bubbled up, now they stomachs are swollen. That's just life in the hood, ceramic class. When we bagging our stash, the ultraviolet haze, we hit it in pads. We toasted the ghosts of old days. Yeah, old age, uh huh. We rap renegades, must stay paid. Get Big fluffed out gooses on Stan Smith, the housing cops suck our dicks 
We jumping out of convertible matchbox shit. Next trip inhaling, chilling, my throat frozen. My aura is brisk, bottles of cool. Bitches with baby fast, they swinging axe. They singing, you still blinging, daddy, now bring it back. This smoke these rap niggas, honey, I'ma need a match. To bust the game while open, I'ma need an axe. I juggle this practice, smuggle heroin in the cactus. Keep a hood, I still go and fuck a fat bitch. Actress slinging the backs of five Cleopatras, a cocaine chef. I stretch money like elastic, nigga, my rap just bigger. Dynamics with the muscle advantage. Jay Cutler and Dust when I'm bland shit. Get money, 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 get money
I just reverted back to when I was like a, you know, 14, 15 year old kid and I had a bunch of SMA boards. And it's just like, if you told me then I would have this person in my house hanging out um, with my cat <laughs> and doing an interview, it'd be really crazy. Uh, Matt Wesson is a photographer uh, based out of LA, grew up here surfing. And together they put together this really interesting art show that we've had a couple of our friends be part of. And it was really cool to talk to them about uh, LA history as well as you know how the art show came about. But I don't wanna keep you guys any longer. So here's the interview and then I'll check in with you guys in a little bit. So how did you guys first meet the two of you? Are we starting? Yeah. Okay. Well, I used to surf Topanga all the time when I first met Matt when he was just a kid. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? He just was a little grunion on the beach. And that was your vocal break? Yeah. I grew up on the uh, Mesa, the Sunset Mesa. Oh, cool. Awesome. And what was this about? Uh, I was born in 1982. Okay. And then my father moved there in 1964. Okay. From? Van Nuys. From Van Nuys. Okay. Um, and what did you think of him when you first met him? <laughs> <laughs> he thought I was a lovely human being. Uh, <laughs> years later. Uh, what was the scene like, you know, then at Topanga? Well, when the houses were on the beach, it was one kind of situation. Right. And then when the houses um, were taken down, it was another kind of situation. It was, it was a very, what you say, a strange dynamic from housing to non-housing. What year were the houses taken down? God. No, I think in like 80 or 82 or something like that. Or Oh, I thought it was like so much earlier for some reason. No, no. In fact, the... Uh, what happened is, is, is the, uh, the property was initially owned by the Los Angeles Athletic Club. Uh-huh. And so all the houses were on like a, the, you could own the house, but you couldn't own the ground underneath it. Oh, that's kind of weird. So, well, it's like Mexico. Oh, okay. So you leased the, you, know, you took out like say a 40 year lease or uh -huh. 50 year lease or something. What it was was, um, it was, I guess it was the attempt to equalize the, like the, there was Malibu Colony, which was the very mm -hmm. wealthiest people. Right. And there, realistically, there, in Malibu at a certain point, there was no television service or almost no phone service north of Malibu Colony for probably until like maybe the late 70s or something, which people don't really remember. That's why, like, you could buy a place like at Point Dune for $25,000. Because there was no infrastructure there. Well, no one wanted to live there. Yeah. You know, there's no way you could... You're stuck there. Right. But it was wild times out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so, and so the athletic club, they had, like, all the property in, up the canyon for the rodeo grounds, and then they had the property on the beach south of the creek. Okay, so... I think I have some stuff maybe north of the creek too, but uh -huh. but but like that was on the highway side. Okay. I mean they had stuff like you know like where George's Market was and um, where something fishy is and all that stuff. Okay. Oh, that was their property too. Oh wow, that's a lot. So yeah, so <clears throat> I don't know what the deal was they made with the state of California or something like, but the first part of the initial teardown was taking the house off the beach and they had that everything from 
the creek all the way past where Chart House is down to um, uh, Coastline. Yeah, Coastline Drive. Okay. And so then when they took that out, there was like what they called like upper ruins and lower ruins, uh -huh. right? Which was this, for the people that have been around there a long time, that's why they referred it to it. Okay. Um, but um, what happened was, is when they finally started getting people out and everybody got thrown, thrown taken out of their, physically detained out of places, then they just burned down the houses. They just wrecked them? No, they burned them down. Oh. The people that lived in them burned them down. Oh, basically like you're not gonna get them, yeah. No, it was like Vikings. They just burned them down. Oh, Jesus. And that was like around 80... 70-something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, just people just, they had this, I guess, just, you know, went, hey, like, we'll save you the trouble of bulldozing. and we're just going to burn our old yeah. house down. <laughs> so anyway, that's the environment, like, what, you know, I kind of knew Matt from when he was a kid, surfing around there and stuff, and and then kind of put it together till like years later or something and he started coming into the Aquatech factory, right? Where I go from there? <laughs> yeah, so my first custom board was through Scott. Okay. Um, and then, so I was born right after the houses got burned. Okay. So I'm like the next gen. So you're the next? Of that. Uh-huh. Um, at Topanga. And yeah, Scott made my first board. Remember, it was just the Anderson symbol in the middle of the two fans, all white, because it was kind of like it was black wetsuits and white boards uh -huh. kind of thing. Yeah. Topanga, sort of, but let's say a lot of the spots north, up north, uh -huh. it kind of wanted to be, uh, how would that be, like just in, not incognito, but just like empty, like unidentifiable. Right. You're just like black like a ninja. Black suit with a hood and a white board with no, no, Shaper and everybody looked the same, and yeah. And then I got stolen off the lifeguard station in Zuma like a couple years later, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it started coming in. I've been working with Scott for a long time, doing different things, getting boards and and whatnot. And I think obviously my favorite longboard is the Anderson, uh, the Farbro too. Uh -huh. I think the one with the pintail. Yeah, that's the two. Yeah, he uh, he's a really great shaper. Can make anything. Isn't yeah. it crazy how prolific that board is, though? Like, when you go anywhere, like, especially when you go, like, to Malibu, it's like, how many of those there are there? I mean, it's pretty... I don't know if I ever even rode one in Malibu. My friend had one in, at Waikiki. My friend Brad Barnison had one in Waikiki that I rode a lot, and then up north. But, yeah, it's crazy how many. That board's really a yeah. functional, multi-dimensional surf, I think. Kind of could go anywhere. Well, the, the thing is, is that, that with the Farber boards... Really was about two to three years of development before we even put his name on it. Like we went through really a lot of boards with Scott in order to to get this thing to like the most tuned in board possible. You know, it's a board you can turn from three places: right, tail, middle, nose, which is most lawn boards and stuff. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. Was that kind of like the the objective with that? Like, kind of create this this board that directly reflected the conditions we're given in LA County, where it's like one day you could be surfing Malibu, one day you could be surfing Porto, and then and, and also within those places it could be just be breaking totally sure. different. Yeah. That was that is if you came out of like an era like I did, you was a kid you used on one surfboard and you went out in the water. Yeah. It wasn't like you had made to make a lot of decisions. <laughs> yeah I mean Yeah. No, I mean you just didn't it's just like there's the waves. There's the board, just go out. 
make it work. Yeah. You know, just you know, it's like they say in racing, just run what you run. Yeah. I think people get a little bit like maybe t sometimes a little too picky with stuff nowadays. Too many options. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, your guys' history runs deep in um, in the LA uh, surf culture. Now you talked about the Topanga scene, the, the the before the houses and after the houses. What do you think was the most significant thing that you can say was the before and after that you noticed? People. The crowd itself. Yeah, people. Not just the crowd, just the people in general. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, it was the different. Um, okay, so probably need to backtrack. Like, okay. So there was all these guys in Venice. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of them that I went to school with and stuff, their parents had bought those houses at Topanga. Uh -huh. Okay, so and there were a bunch of people from Topanga, right, that lived up on the mountain and stuff or down at the beach. So there was this kind of weird thing, like there used to be every year a, a Venice um, Topanga uh, supposedly touch football game up at Palisades High School, okay. which turned into just a melee. <laughs> I was gonna say. Right, but you know there was always that like, you know, because ostensibly, if you really looked at Topanga, it was a ghetto, it was mm -hmm. a surf ghetto. Right. right. If you looked at Venice, it was a ghetto. Mm -hmm. So it was it was just you know natural for people to from those two places to get along. The cultural alignment was right there. Like yeah. They were basically coming from yeah. the same so, so it's like, so if you came from outside those two places, it's fundamentally you're looking at different people with different values and different under, understandings of what's, how to deal with things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so it was different. That was mainly the people was the difference. But did the floodgates like open? Was it just like dramatic difference of like amount per se? Or? The second, the second the tango became like a, an open beach, it became like, I mean, for a lot of years, it was just open warfare, kind right. of, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, the, the people that had lived there in those houses and stuff, they just didn't, they didn't give up, mm -hmm. or something, but, you know, that's not really why we're here. No, no, no. Um, you guys together are, um, have put together this, this show, the LA County show. What was the, like, why did you guys want to do it in the first place? Well, can, I mean, it comes from some of those stories. I mean, that he was from an era that um, was far gone when I came mm -hmm. to, you know, understanding even the element of the counterculture idea. Mm -hmm. um, and we grew up with like a certain group of individuals that rode certain boards and made certain things and, and were part of their own little microcosm. Um, living through a lot of the old pictures and stories in our own way, like somewhat mixed modern. Mm -hmm. And as I grew up, and I'm 36 now, um, that in the last 10 years, I made my first film when I was 18 with this guy Logan Shinto called Hooligans. And that was kind of like a, a, a documentary film kind of about where LA was as like youth culture mm -hmm. um, kind of thing. And then went through my life in the creative slash surf world and um, started to realize that how fast things were changing even in my own in my own world mm -hmm. you know culturally in Los Angeles and it's kind of like growing up Los Angeles was a place that was kind of a forgotten city in a weird way as far as like surf and counterculture to me 
you know, everyone that I knew that was like good at arts or fashion or whatever moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Everyone was leaving here in droves. And then all of a sudden there was like the Australian, New York, European invasion mm-hmm. back to like Los Angeles post like 2008 or mm-hmm. around 2005 maybe it started. Mm-hmm. And now it's like the city is going through like a mega renaissance. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, some of that, those core artistic and p- people that I thought were really interesting have been pushed out. Like they live in Costa Rica, they live in Ventura, mm-hmm. they live in Mexico. Is that like an economic you think? Yes, it's like the, 100%. Okay. Or I wouldn't say 100, but maybe like 90%. No, it's like, it's. I mean, it happens all over the place. It's happened in New York. It's yes. happened in Chicago. It's yes. happened everywhere. Like I've seen it firsthand happen in New York. Well, the, the nice thing about here was is that and he talks about like, and he's correct, like, like Los Angeles really was like a, a non sequitur type of thing, you know, because it, everybody, you know, we weren't like Chicago is the second city, right? Right. We weren't even the second city. We were like someplace out there. You know, I mean, people like thought we were living around tumbleweeds or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but you know, no, I know like, what you're saying. Yeah, it's like they, you know, they thought everybody had an orange tree in the backyard yeah. and, and the horses and tumbleweeds. And, <laughs> you know, what I mean, but realistically, and Matt and I were talking about this earlier. You know, was like. We're basically in the hundred year mark coming up to like next year is hundred years of Duke coming here and the counterculture start. Oh wow. Right. For Los Angeles, like the hundred year like of this wave, surf skate, sort of mm-hmm. beach so, culture in that way. Right. And that and that's what started. Just remember at one point like they like a woman couldn't had to be completely covered to go in the ocean. Right. Right. All of a sudden in the nineteen twenties you have like bathing beauty contests of Venice Beach and Santa Monica and you know all that stuff it was like it, out here was like all of a sudden became a much looser like lifestyle mm-hmm. situation like you know I hate to use the word like cliche kickback but it's like more, more it was a more casual thing mm-hmm. and but at the same time you started the developing industry out here because once they realized like you know in Venice here it was just like tons of oil and over and all the hills and all like this was just one giant oil field so you had started so you know after like the dust bowl and stuff you got these guys who were came out from oklahoma and texas and stuff were wildcatters and oil guys and all of a sudden they looked and went man we can work mm-hmm. you know what i mean and once you once you have fuel and you can build factories i mean we had unlimited amounts of fuel here cheap yeah and space and space yeah you know there's I mean? and that's one of the biggest commodities right real estate at the end of the day right mm-hmm. So, you know, like, and stuff was relatively cheap. I mean, and, and realistically, I mean, I, you laugh at this now, but like, when I was a kid, you know, I was born in Hollywood. Like, literally was born in Hollywood, at the Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital. Okay. Right, and up until the fifth grade, I was in school, like I, was, I went through, I went through Los Feliz Elementary, Grant Avenue, Blessed Sacrament, by the time I was in the fifth grade, so obviously I had some issues. Um, and um, my and I loved being at the beach and, and once I t- saw something on a surfboard I just went that's what I'm going to do the rest of my life it was just that moment uh-huh. and it took me two years to figure out what that thing I saw was even but um, like no one wanted to live at the beach why, why was that though? because there was because it was like nothing happening 
I mean, in terms of like, what, was too quiet, too sleepy. Well, it wasn't quiet or sleepy at all. I mean, you had all the yeah. beatniks in Venice when I was That's a kid growing yeah. up, and you had like, but I mean, like they used to roll the streets up at Santa Monica at nine o'clock at night. You know, I mean, literally, you went to a movie at the Criterion Theater or something, and the movie got out at ten, and it was like a ghost town. Jeez. Like there was not, there was no people, right? The last bus to Venice was, I think, at ten thirty at night or something. So if you didn't get on the bus from Santa Monica to Venice at ten thirty night, you had to walk home. Jeez. I mean, or, some, or something along those lines. I mean, was it was, you know, Santa Monica was a very, because of Ocean Park Pier being there, and you couldn't really see Santa Monica. Santa Monica really couldn't see Venice. You might as well be living in two different states. Did it feel very segregated in that sense? Not segregated. It was like, it was like, uh, segregation is a weird word because like. Um, Venice was very integrated. We were the what, right. when I was in high school, we were the we were the most racially balanced and diverse school in the entire United States. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but in Santa Monica, there's a lot of diversity too. But no, it's just that like Santa Monica was a a much cleaner, more organized city, mm -hmm. and Venice, having been taken over by the city of Los Angeles and then drop kicked to the curb, never um, had that kind of organizational situation. I mean, one of the places I lived was directly across the street from the old Venice police station and the city hall where Beyond Baroque is. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was, you know, you'd look at that and go like, God, the entire building is, is like, you know, maybe like 15 rooms or something, you know, between the police station and the city hall. And, you know, they had like three jail cells or something. I mean, yeah. I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it was, but it, so, you know, that was a big deal. You know, I mean, it was like, wasn't like the, like the city of Santa Monica was independent, mm -hmm. right? Which From, I think is an interesting thing about Los Angeles is the fact that you have you you have all these like it's almost like nowhere else. Like you look at New York City, it's like New York City, like everything's run by same thing. Like out here, it's like Beverly Hills. They're all like kind of separated out. Well, you could you could see what it'd be like if all the states broke off or something into something. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it would be like yeah. that. That would no, I mean. If you really look at a microcosm of what, when you decide you're gonna, like, when people want to do the separate states and all this stuff or break off things, all you gotta do is look at the state of California and go, this is like that totally the worst idea ever because, <laughs> because there's no organization. Yeah. Like some cities are very together. Yeah. And some cities are complete, like, like you, can, you can look at Compton, you can look at Pasadena. Those are two different didactically mm -hmm. opposed to um, ways of, of financial balance and stuff and cultural things and you know I mean it's just different they're organized it has nothing to do with anything except they're just both basically organized differently mm -hmm. you, have, you know what I mean so it's like you know like we said New York is New York it's organized in this way and that's just what it is yeah like I mean, five boroughs it's not even like the main island it's like right. look at the five boroughs it's all organized right. it's the same umbrella well, I always kind of relate to New York sort of like Tokyo because you're always going across a river. Yeah, <laughs> you are, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when we were in Tokyo, the one thing that tripped us out was we were always crossing back and forth across rivers, you yeah. know? And that was really like our first art show was like the... That when did you guys do that one in, in Tokyo? Two and a half years ago, three years ago. I so think that was 14, four years ago, I think almost now. Really? End of 14. So that was that was the first the first one you guys pulled together. Well, yeah, that was, the, that was the first that was the first one we, we did. Yeah, we start. Okay, so I feel I'm talking too much, but I'll just say this: like, no, no. So, so Matt 
came to me at the surfboard factory and goes like, because the joke was I was wearing these overalls and they were covered in resin and always, <laughs> and people went like, I bet those will stand up by themselves. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, and you go, yeah, 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 that's a funny joke. I've heard it for two hundred times. <laughs> right. So Matt came in and goes, "What do you think about covering those overalls in resin and making them stand up?" I just like looked at him and went, "Okay, well, like, why do you want to do that?" And he goes, "Well, we should just do this. Let's do it like as an experiment." So we we did the overalls and we did a couple of other things to see if, how it would work, right? Mm -hmm. But there was no, at that point, like, there was no, he hadn't really said anything about like, hey, if we could do this, maybe we'd go do this art show in Tokyo, mm -hmm. right? So I had the clue, I'm just doing this thing for this kid and stuff and, you know what I mean? And he and I, get, he and I over the years, have got along great. You know what I mean? And even though, it's a kind of huge, like, Age-wise, there's a huge separation, but philosophically, we're pretty much like a lot on the same page. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're both Capricorns, both our wives are Aries. I mean, like, you know. Match, match, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just one of those, those things. So then he goes, like, do you have a passport? <laughs> well, there, there's the gap. Wait, wait, is this, is this before? Do, do no, so, <laughs> yeah, so we do the, we do, we, we do the resin sculptures, uh -huh. and um, when we did the first one, it was like better than I thought that it, it, I could, we could ever do it. Uh -huh. Like the result, like in my mind, I didn't think that it was going to be that result because it was like kind of unknown. And then from that, I had this idea of basically taking uh, icons or prominent people in like a counterculture field of Los Angeles, and I've been documenting certain people for. Like 10 or 15 years and then doing like a few thousand image collage behind like the resin item of their life that somehow oh, wow. into the collage okay so that was like the, the 1.0 like conceptual idea I'd like to work with skip and um about that because he's obviously like resin master mm -hmm. like everything and knows how to set everything right and um and our, we did the overalls and a few and a, i think a jacket and a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and every week i would come back and we do it every sunday we'd work on it and like everything like came out like pretty pretty good like for one the first run like didn't have to be like 40 runs but like okay we got the idea and so after we kind of made it and then that spoke with the people that gave us the opportunity to do a show in, in japan um in tokyo then i asked skip if, if she had a passport, had a passport. <laughs> like the week before or right, right? like 10, yeah, 10 days like literally 10 days maybe yeah. <laughs> and, and like like our, we had our other friend roger set working with us too making these things because it's like they're they're kind of complicated. Yeah, you need yeah. more than like. Yeah, you need three people to be able to set it at yeah, least. Right. Yeah. So, so I go, no. He goes, we better get one because <laughs> like we're going to Japan in ten days. And so I come home and tell my wife. I go, hey, um, listen, I'm going. I think I'm going to Japan in ten days, and I need to get a passport. Like, how do I do that? Because she she was. Like she worked for the airlines for years, and she had corporate travel, and now she okay. works for now she works for like JPL NASA, right? And uh -huh. she runs all this stuff like for for everybody trying to for ten years she ran everything getting people around the planet, right? Uh -huh. So she goes, oh, so next thing I know, I'm like up at the Westwood thing, telling them I need this thing, I got a picture of them. Anyway, they processed me out right away somehow, like they just brushed me through, and. 
now I'm going to Scott, hey, I'm going to Tokyo. <laughs> I'm not going to come into work, right? I'm going to Tokyo like, 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 you know, I'll be back at some point, right? <laughs> and so, um, and then they goes, hey, man, you like, you know, so we just, we got there and, this, and, and so they were supposed to have all these materials and everything ready for us and we were just, we, we brought all the stuff we were going to cast and resin uh -huh. over there, like overalls. The, oh, so you were going to do the work over there. We did the work over there. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, 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 is, this is what became gnarly. Oh, okay. Jesus. Rolly and okay. a hard drive for the pictures. Right, That's okay. It. So, <sighs> like this big we, we... They're supposed to have like the resin, the, the metal, the, all the tools and everything ready. Yeah, the wish, the wish list, you know, wish list. have everything ready. Right, uh, space for us to work in this whole situation, right? So we, they book us this flight and we have a layover in Honolulu for like three hours or four hours. So basically we started one morning at like six, five or six o'clock in the morning in LA here, uh -huh. going to the airport, okay? We did 20 hours of travel. Oh, Jesus. Right? 20 hours of flying almost. Right. Plus a 10 hour layover, right. whatever is in the way. So, so now we get off this plane in the middle of the night, like it could be early morning, and we're driven to like this really nice um, uh, Airbnb in Shibuya, right? Uh, and unpack, and we. Um, go to sleep for about two or three hours. But oh look, we don't know, also we walk in and go, hey, we got this business meeting in a 25 story building in Tokyo, right? About this this art project yeah. you guys are doing. And we had like, you know, like we had like um, the surf trunks from one friend. We had the, the top from Isis from, from the barbed wire dolls, her husband's uh, Doc Martin boots and his drumsticks. Andrew. Um, um, yeah, we had his brother Andrew Wesson's jacket from from playing uh, Coachella. Mm -hmm. We had like uh, this guy Bobby. Um, his his grandfather bought the single weight cotton thirty. The third first, his family did the thirty singles uh, weight as an outer like a not an undershirt. And he brought oh. it from Tokyo to Hawaii and Hawaii too. Oh wow! And right, like James Pierce's first client. Right, it was the that first was like James Pierce's. Right. And so he, hey, we had that. We had um, um, I'm trying your overalls, my overalls, my shorts, his shorts, um, the sky Randy's um, surf trunks from the eighties. Yeah, Stoker surf trunks. Yeah. we had yeah. uh, you know we just we had these things right, and so when we also had the whole files of pictures of people, every person's story, we had like these pictures right, <laughs> this high. So we had to not only like, okay, so we get there, we go to this 25 story building, no materials or nothing. They, they haven't bought anything yet and the show's like in seven days. Oh my God. Right, and so we go to this place, the Japanese equivalent of Home Depot, which is probably six stories high or something. <laughs> they sell everything from kittens to like fucking cement. <laughs> and you're trying to translate oh like, like do you have resin, <laughs> right? Literally, 
you don't know if they're handing you paint <laughs> or if they're handing you resin. So you're like literally trying to open these things and smell it to see if it's like resin. Yeah. And we finally get the resin and then we had to get make a make a wax get a wax solution too, like to for the you know, to add to the resin so yeah. that after you've done the laminating process, you gotta cover it with a wax solution of resin because you want the smell to stop and you also want it to be glossy and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then we had to get like tools to cut metal and and oh different God. mesh and we're trying the, the mesh is different than over there than it is here so it's like we're trying to figure out an equivalent mesh that we can use to the internal parts of this sculptures because uh -huh. they're they have to be like for the structure right yeah so so we're going through all that and that ate up like an entire another day so now we got six days <laughs> to make like nine sculptures also and to do 10,000 Xeroxes <laughs> Of these, oh my God. to to like do this, to put on these walls, and they're going to have to construct walls in this studio in this place where we're going to do the show to put the xeroxes on, right? And it's just you two guys. And it's just at this moment, it's just me. Well, and it, and it, well we we found a lot of great Japanese friends along the way. I, right? I would say, like, yeah. yeah. So so and this guy Bobby Akia, the one who's father and you know my grandfather bought the shirt over and he's one of the principals that brought us over for this thing so and Daishan right and Daishan okay um as we know as Wonka <laughs> and and um so and the funniest thing is we we come down this 25 story building to go buy this stuff and there's like literally like a building that's like next to it that rents vans but everything's like on a turntable or something. So they turntable this van down this building and out. And Daishan gets behind the wheel. And Bobby looks at him and goes like, I didn't even know you could drive. <laughs> right? Okay. And so everything's situated like for smaller people. And I'm really big. And he's pretty big. And we're like stuffed in the back of this thing. Driving to this. It's like pretty comical when you think about it. And we're driving off to this place. And we get everything. So then now we drive out. 20 miles outside of Tokyo to this art studio, okay? Now, it's 100 degrees. It's August in Tokyo. Right. It's, it's like it's like 100 degrees a typhoon season, and it's 100% humidity, yeah. okay? And we're in a section of Tokyo that we found out later that had escaped the bombing from World War II. <laughs> and there's a whole series of houses and stuff next across the street from us. Well, and like literally, he took a picture and of me sitting outside perspiring in overalls trying to work on resin with a chick in a complete geisha outfit walking down the street. <laughs> I swear to God. And people thought it was a staged photo. Like they thought that it had been photoshopped yeah. into the thing or something because there's no way that, that there's none of these buildings exist around Tokyo anymore except for on this one street. So oh, wow. um, we go and we start working and like I work the short shift. I work 20 hours straight through him and uh, this really lovely friend of ours who passed away, Otaki Hiroshi. He like came in and he started pulling people in, Japanese guys, just yanking these guys in. He knew because he was the he was the most connected guy in Tokyo for surf and skate and stuff. And and the zine king. And, and he was the zine king of Japan, uh -huh. right? And he. Literally, we had this helping people in the studio room were so strange because this was artists and they were doing like weird pieces of art with snakes and tiny fish in like milk bottles. I mean, it was a very weird scene to be in. Right? 
So we even weird for Japan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so like we're doing these things and then they'd these guys would send me home after twenty hours and they'd work thirty six hours straight through and then wake me up and come back and we do this next situation. Meanwhile, like Matt is like fucking aside from doing the sculptures, he's furiously going through all these like separating out all these piles of photos of different people's stories. And so above us we had this and where the thing is they had this like places called the terminal annex and they have like they have like they have oh, like heritage street okay and yeah. copying machines and this guy otaki's up there with fucking helpers <laughs> and he's got like pictures and i swear to god to you he looked like a guy playing an instrument he would like he was doing these things well, it's on a xerox <laughs> like he was just xeroxing stuff, furiously xeroxing things. Guys were bringing like reams of more paper and throwing them in, and he's xeroxing and stuff. And he's going, put those there, put this here. And he's yelling in Japanese, do that there, put this here, separate this, okay? So now we got all these things when we come downstairs, and the walls have been built this place. And now we have like 10 or 12 like Japanese people with scissors, and they're trying to precisely cut like each picture in the most perfect manner and you're just going no no don't do it that way <laughs> just cut this shit like this and, and we're gonna it's gonna be a collage don't worry about it and it was the weirdest thing to try and train them to do something imperfect yeah right oh my gosh you want to pick up the story from there that was funny that was really good i like that yeah so that so basically we almost died he freaking yeah. You know, it's like 100%, 100% humidity, 100 degrees, and obviously we had resin we never tested, and we just hoped for the best. We did one test, and it like kind of was like, okay, it looks okay, and we just went with it. Just hopefully, it, the, the one pair of shoes did crack the mold. Yeah, the, yeah your first pair that we did, right. the, the resin sheet, yeah. Um, and so that was our kind of first moment. We had all the helpers and all came together at the last moment I remember like sweeping the floor of the gallery like it like first light and like trying to get it done at like by 9 a.m. because the first people were coming to like walk through the gallery at like 10 a.m. Um, and that was like kind of our first like friendship work art creative I don't know whatever uh-huh that was in 14 yeah that was in 14 but that was like our first moment where it's like okay it's all on the line you have Japanese people that are investing in the show you're across the world mm-hmm you got this like idea. We tested it at Aquatech. <laughs> now it's totally different. We don't even know the reason we're using, right? Anything. And like somehow it turned out okay. Came out perfect. <laughs> and so the doors open, 10 a.m. People come. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the experience of the show was great. I mean, everyone was really happy and, you know, we had a great, great time and everyone was really happy about the And then we came back the next year and... They, we did a pop-up show in this place called Tomorrowland, which was like, like here's like Harry Winston's diamonds, and here's like Prada, mm-hmm. and here's this major, you know, like fashion brand, one of the most expensive street in Tokyo. Oh wow! And so we we did a show there, and that went really good. It was the same kind of artwork, the same concept. Yeah, we, but not as not as as in labor intensive. We just shipped everything before. It was just. But it was still different. the same thing with the resin well, telling the stories. We some resin some, some, was there. And then I like, did all these hand-painted skateboards. And, and we made some, 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 some hand-painted surfboards. Okay. And and uh, and those like all sold and everything. And people were really happy. And we had 
we did like you know there was some merchandising thing for Bobby stuff and for DTE yeah yeah for DTE defend down to earth and stuff and mm -hmm. so um, which was their label and their stuff was for me for Sound Like Airlines and things and it was like worked out really good and then we were contacted over here from a couple several different people but somehow the venues like didn't come through or something mm -hmm. so it wasn't like we put something on hold but but Matt and I went back and uh, recalculated how we were doing stuff like what was you know what we we're doing how we we're doing it you know because now is this us two first and yeah the, the a lot of on work. The side. yeah that was just like us two first and then going back to talking about how like the the idea of Los Angeles has changed yeah. in a you know financial way population way traffic mm -hmm. way whatever and we came back to this the simple idea of like kind of the preservation of counterculture that now we're like moving into like the, the Los Angeles hundred year mm -hmm. time period and now the shows that we just did um, one at, at Fred Siegel that we did in January and we just did one out in Yucca Valley at this place called Compound mm -hmm. um, and then we're going to do another one coming up here in like probably end of June or early July in Venice uh -huh. we're going to take a place called the Venice Beach House and, and turn the hotel into like an experiential oh wow that's cool uh, oh we just not, came from that yeah we just came oh, from awesome. there and to make it like kind of this uh, Los Angeles artist like experience mm -hmm. um, where you can like stay in the rooms and like it's going to talk about mm -hmm. you know basically Los Angeles art between 1960 and 2018 mm -hmm. and the house is over 100 years old so kind of it's encompassing this like it's been there through the counterculture like at yeah. all time um and just kind of the idea of, of preserving it now that it's like going on a century and mm -hmm. trying to get the artists from, you know, as old as possible to maybe the earliest one I think is Thomas Thomas Lynch and he's like 34, mm -hmm. 33, four. Plus this time um, we're able to, because of this new space we're dealing with, we're gonna be able to incorporate a bunch of different artists. Mm -hmm. Like we wanted to bring a bunch of women into the situation because you know that's they're part of the, the Los Angeles experience too mm -hmm. you know so we're trying to trying to you know bring in some some different age women that are artists you know okay. like so like we're not gonna have like you know three women that are all 30 or something right, like, right. like you want a woman that's like been around the seven maybe 70s and some that are 50 and you know just we're trying to you know trying to balance it out so they diversify the whole experience because they're good because Women have a whole view of how stuff's going in, in the city of Los Angeles and what mm -hmm. how things are changing for them like radically too. You know, what I mean, like how how they're you know the looks and everything. If you look at how how girls look back in the '60s versus how they look at 2018 oh, yeah. or ladies or whatever you want to say, it's like that whole thing you know is different too. So for them, there's like you know maybe some of them will have something to deal with clothing that's like 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 set up for the periods or something. I mean, we don't know exactly how mm -hmm. this works. But I'll just say one thing, we, the building which was, we're going to be in, this house is built in 1911, right? But you can see how it's built in different phases. Mm -hmm. So the, every room is kind of different, like how it's set up and how the look is and, and the area and stuff. So, and we actually, having walked through it today, want to incorporate a lot of the stuff they still have in there that are period pieces and maybe like even set up a room that's just like strictly the furniture and time frame. That's pretty from, cool. From that because, well, 
Years ago, I did was part of a situation for the San Joaquin Historical Society, right? Mm -hmm. And so I had surfboards and skateboards and that thing and stuff, and, and um, they had like sections just roped off of stuff that was really for the museum still, right? And so, you know, um, Matt and I try to deal with things like on a really fluid level right now. Yes. So anyway, so we're gonna try and so we're gonna we wanna, you know, try and because um, they had I had some great pieces in this mm -hmm. house. So they have artwork already there. They have artwork and pictures. Yeah, some some things, but it, but the idea is definitely to try and um, kind of capture and kind of time capsule like a lot of this artwork and artists that are now being pushed out and they, mm -hmm. they left their mark and a lot of like I look at venice and some other places in los angeles and it's like people moved and experienced the city or have this vision of those cities because of those people and these parts of los angeles because of oh, their art because of the way that that fashion happened or that music happened or mm -hmm. that thing makes it attractive to come there and then as it becomes more attractive then the people that are creative usually uh, becoming rich isn't the number one thing it's kind of just no. live that through that creativity yeah. and then all of a sudden as everything becomes uh higher price to survive there it's mm -hmm. harder to be great yeah well it's the funniest so. i mean the the biggest like kind of irony of, of gentrification at least i because i've seen it like happen in new york has always been like artists move into an area like i'll use the williamsburg as an example williamsburg is dirt cheap rents artists move into there they take over they make all the cool stuff they need to eat so they open some cool restaurant they want to have coffee they open the cool coffee shop everybody wants that they all come in the rents go up, and now the people that made the cool thing can't afford to stay there anymore, and they leave, and all these people that are paying a lot of money have a Starbucks downstairs. <laughs> and it's like kind of like, okay, <laughs> like this is just like self-defeatist, and you see it a lot happening, artwork. When you were bringing up the thing about like, you know, artwork and the, leaving their mark, I mean, a lot of cities have that where it's like, you know, maybe there's like architecture that's like, like still left, that kind of sure. reminds of a period and stuff. But this like is like, I think more of like a microcosm, it's more, of individuals mm -hmm. that if you were to interview them and write a story or write a string theory it's mm -hmm. like oh the domino effect because of their work created this 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 mm -hmm. and so like a lot of like the people we're celebrating are like that people built their careers on their backs in a way that like they, they're, they're like would you say that some of these people are t essentially the spark yes for the thing that happened i mean like yourself like, it's santa monica airlines like and not so, like let's 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 be honest like you know I, i'm a street skater that grew up in the like late 80s and 90s in new york city like i totally get that like if there wasn't like what you did an opportunity you gave him guess what stuff that's out there now would not exist like you know my friends wouldn't be pro skaters you know but interesting enough it's like the, the opportunity he gave me <laughs> no i mean that it's no, like no. it's like it's it really you see this is what's kind of a weird misnomer about how things work sometimes in life because it's like you don't operate in a vacuum mm -hmm. okay so you have to be willing to listen to what other people tell you mm -hmm. right or what kind of information they're trying to feed you or what you know look at what they're doing I mean look Matt and I are separated by over 30 years mm -hmm. Okay, but we get along perfectly well, you know, because collectively we have the same 
like idea of, of stuff and we discuss things and there's an openness and sometimes I might not agree with what he has to say and he might not agree with what I have to say, right? But it's not like a closed down situation where, where, I don't, where, where we can't talk through a situation to see mm -hmm. how the stuff goes about. You know, it's, and it's the same like, like when you're dealing with like people who um, aspire to do something great, like Nottis, like he, he at 15 years old was, I always tell people, he was smarter at 15 years old than I was at 30. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just was like, my blessing was I listened to a 15 year old kid, mm -hmm. right? You know what I mean? So it, 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 it worked out, it was just that he, he like drove me forward. Uh -huh to do stuff like he you know like Matt like drove like I basically was just you know sitting doing stuff and not really thinking about it and it was the same with Nottis came around I was just doing stuff mm -hmm. like that I, I only I just always did stuff that I was only interested in and just and I didn't really care about like anything outside of that like I never like like realistically my company, Sam Mike Airlines, is having its 40th anniversary. Yeah. Okay, but I don't consider myself any part of the skateboard industry. Mm -hmm. Like I've never paid attention to those people or wanted to be actually, to be very honest with you, I never wanted to interact with any of them, mm -hmm. right? Because what happens is, is like, it starts becoming a power move and stuff yeah. like that. It's like, once you, once you have an association of anything, you have this like fuck you factor involved, mm -hmm. right? And so since I since I don't want to, since I'm not part of that and stuff, it never affected how I dealt with things. I never looked at numbers of skateboards sold or not sold. I never right. looked at like 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 if a guy, if I, I I I probably started more kids on the road to pro surfing or pro skating than almost anybody. But it's like at some point they decided they needed to make a better living or something. And they would move along, mm -hmm. and I was never unhappy or angry at that. Right. I was just really thought I was blessed to be able to give them mm -hmm. the opportunity to succeed, mm -hmm. you know, as much as I could, based on whatever financial wherewithal I had at the time. So, you know, that um, is a different idea mm -hmm. of how you deal with things. You know, what I mean, it's like it's it's probably probably like financially disastrous. <laughs> Yeah, but it's culturally like positive in a way. Well, I'm am still doing what I like to do at 70 years old, and most people aren't. And I'm being yeah. drug, I'm being drug around the world doing shit. So it's like <laughs> you, you're being told to get a passport in like 24 hours <laughs> yeah. to go to Tokyo. Yeah. That with now, how did you pick the artist? Like you know, you guys started when you first started this this art show. It was you two guys, and then you yeah. guys started adding people. Yeah. How how are you guys picking these people? Like what what about these artists is it makes them fit into your concept well I think the, the initially it's just also the friendship okay thing and the show that we just did out in uh, Yucca Valley was kind of the idea of resin and paint mm -hmm. was a big idea because there's a guy named Mikey Ronje who's a hydrodynamicist kind of underground kid mm -hmm. from the Mesa too and he's like made alternative wavecraft for maybe the last 15 years okay um, and he's an inventor engineer and basically like I have a crazy strong love of documenting his life because he's doing it all from like Home Depot DIY and for no one only for himself 
Oh, wow. So he's invented all t- types of different boards and boats mm-hmm. and Weird stuff. crazy stuff that you like kind of, I don't know, it's just a take on things that's not really, it's not like on Ryan Birch or Carl Ekstrom or, or, you know, let's say Greeno. He's like kind of a mix of all these different people, mm-hmm. but all like for like $50 in DIY at Home Depot. Wow. And functional. So like here is, for example, the show he just said he made he made a wood boogie board that he got taught how to stand up from Chris Wan, right? Yeah. He was like the crazy boogie boarder of yeah. all time for standing up, and then he like took had that take on the Elia and the boogie board and then rode that and he's like okay this isn't gonna sink and then builds a like five foot by five foot or four and a half foot boat, puts like an eight horsepower motor with a homemade hydrofoil they made designing on the picture, takes it across the channel to the Channel Islands to go surfing to go surfing to test what? the hydrofoil alone on like a wood plank what and, and yeah <laughs> that's, that's not the most insane part that's not the most insane <laughs> part about this guy's scene the most insane part is he went to, to a Department of Motor Vehicles in Simi Valley and got CF numbers on this thing so it's a registered oh my god it's a registered <laughs> as a boat okay that just shows you how like screwed like how screw loose the whole state of California is. <laughs> like, do you understand? It's, yeah. It's like, 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 oh, they didn't even want to see it. They just went, oh, you want to pay us some money for some numbers? Fine. Sure. Like, absolutely. So, that's, that's you know, an example of someone. Uh, there's another guy named Thomas Lynch who does airbrush uh-huh. stuff that's kind of like in between like Ritfield and Griffin, uh-huh. but has his own take. Right, but has this beautiful thing. Ned Evans, a local Venice artist, who also has this incredible ability of with resin and his resin pieces, yeah. his charcoal. Uh-huh. I mean, he has his own like mastery work that is beautiful, but like his whole concept of resin and shapes, and uh, kind of his love for the sea is a great surfer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and photo documented the area like in the seventies and sixties. Oh wow! Yeah, he's a really incredible person. My wife Anna is part of it. She. Um, we got married seven years ago, and, and she's been you know, a writer and photographer and different things. Um, so, and then obviously this guy mm-hmm. and his thing, Roger Doucette, who ha- helps us do all of the... Roger, uh, Roger was the first person who ever made surfboards in the San Fernando Valley. Oh, really? When I was a kid, he had a label at 16 years old called Rod Laguna. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he, then we just re- they revised it like a couple of years ago through Scott Anderson. Oh, so cool. they're making the Rod Laguna surfboards again, and it's like so he, you know, and he comes, he and I coming down and, and work on Saturday and Sunday at the surfboard factory, and we actually we don't really do that much. We just sit around and talk. <laughs> you know I mean? That's work in some places. And uh, this guy, this guy named Bob Barber, uh-huh. um, he's a photographer from Los Angeles, and then moved to the North Shore, and then moved to Santa Cruz. Uh-huh. But I don't know how many covers he got. And, uh, I was just saying, that's like a lot of surfing. And, and surfer and surfing. And then, he, and then he, he, he went from like, let's say like, I think 1970 or right before that shooting. And then until um, kind of like the mid or like late, late 80s, early 90s. And he shot that one famous shot of, um, what's his name? With the, the, the Mavericks drop, Jay Moriarty with the colored board. Oh, yeah. That yeah, famous yeah. one that's like, it's uh like, you know, stuck Northern California, here, here, yeah. like, it's for real. Like, yeah, yeah. why may I all of a sudden watch out kind yeah, of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, Like, he shot that oh, shot. Oh, wow. So he kind of spanned this whole, like, time period. And it's kind of like kind of bringing those kind of street, beach, surf, skate, 
in context of Los Angeles, whether or not that you actually live here now or that you spent time here, but like that love for mm-hmm. the place or it like raised you. Mm-hmm. And kind of just, it, it, so there's not like hard lines of like you're in, you're out, but it's kind of like the celebration of the sea, the culture, the arts, and try, kind of just to show that, that there is like this group of individuals that do have relatable works when you see them all together that you can see how they're playing off mm-hmm. of each other and how how it's hard because a lot of them have left so it's kind of like celebrating at the same time it's changing at the same time we're at a hundred years mm-hmm. of this counterculture and you know before everybody gets too far off in their own way we're just trying to create a group of people to like celebrate that mm-hmm. it's not about Los Angeles like it's changed and changed it's, it's like you can't change progress yeah. it's not about that but it's like kind of trying to preserve that well, also, so no, people I'll don't, forget, it. don't yeah, forget it. Exactly. Because a lot of times when this happens, a lot of stories, a lot of history gets like like wiped out mostly because people don't talk about it or yeah. document it. I mean, you guys are essentially, through art, documenting this for people. Well, right. Like, we're, we're, the building we're sitting right here and right now was sitting on top of one of the, was the second largest, one time, second largest wetland in the state of mm-hmm. California. Right? Yeah. It's not no longer here. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, literally like next to the Sacramento River Delta, this was it. This was the, the next major stop on the Pacific Flyway for all the the birds. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I, I tripped because I, I remember when this was all like swamps and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and now like there's like that little like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it used to, you know, like, like, like what changed kind of was when the dam broke up in Baldwin Hills. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, do you know about the dam breaking No, up? no, no. There was an earthen dam up there and all of a sudden it broke and like cars were floating down like Lona Creek and shit. Oh my God. If you go up there to that recreational park, it's a big giant bowl and you wonder what that was. It was like part of the dam. Oh shit. Right, so there was like a, you know, so just like the flood came through, you know what I mean? But there was like, but there was always plans on on the board for the Moose Marina. It was like, if you look at Inglewood and stuff and wonder why there's these giant wide streets, mm-hmm. it's because they visualize like people would be living in Inglewood and have their boats like to tow down to the marina, so they wanted to need the wide street to tow those boats down. Oh, that's why. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of weird how the yeah. stuff worked out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, this city, like you know, like from from an outsider's perspective, because I still consider I, I definitely consider myself an outsider having moved here five years ago. I used to, I actually came to Venice for the first time, I think in like 1990. Um, so, I mean, that's not even that much time, but I've like, you know, this city, I've seen it change, like in terms of architecture, like more than any other, you know, every time I used to come and visit, like it'd be like this whole section would be built. Like a city like New York, there's only so much building you can do. It's basically, there it is. It's like, you're gonna go up or that building's going down, it's a new building. But it's essentially like, it doesn't push out. Like this is one city I've just seen it. Like it's just like, well, the thing is, is, is that like when they filmed the movie Lords of Dogtown, right? Mm-hmm. They couldn't use a single. There was not one single shot in there. I don't. I don't think of Santa Monica or Venice. Everything was in. They had to shoot it in Pasadena, mm-hmm. or like in San Diego, because there isn't a single street around here that hasn't changed. Yeah. Like not one. There's not one historical street within like a like a 15 mile radius Jeez. right so it's like you know it's like that's the other thing it's like um, Matt and I were talking about like 
you know, like you had the start of the Industrial Revolution, mm -hmm. right? And stuff kind of moved at this pace for a lot of time. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, realistically, like World War II really picked up the idea of like, man, we need to make some shit now. This, this stuff's got to work and we got to get this stuff going and mm -hmm. it's got to really happen. And we need to put factories in here and we got to mm -hmm. build these fucking tanks and we got to do this. We got to find new ways to construct this thing. And da, 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 right? And, you know, and then the aftermath was like, you had the city of Los Angeles with like, you know, aircraft plants, machine shops. Like, I remember walking home from school and watching Shelbyville Cobras, man. You know, like they had literally the Cobra shop was off near, off of Lincoln, you know, and, and you go in there and you it see. It was like right over here. Yeah, it was right over where Bartels is, like near that area. Oh, shit. Right, so you're walking home from like Venice High School or something, you walk, ro rolled over there and you wanted to go see your friend that was like making surfboards at Weber's or something, and then you walked over and looked, watched Shelby build Cobras, and you go like, hey, again, Mr. Shelby, a pretty good kid, like we're building another car. Like, <laughs> okay, thanks, nice, you know what I mean? <laughs> But they were like inventing technique, uh -huh. you know what I mean? And so what happened is, is like this whole area, you know, and then I would include like everything from Long Beach to like, you know, to, to you know, Compton. I mean, there was like every, Norwalk, all these places, you know, the Norwalk and shit, there was steel plants and stuff over there and things and tire recapping businesses. I mean, it's just like the whole area was like set up to make shit. Yeah. You know, you had like a, you had a giant area of people who were really smart and he had like a, like my mom worked in a plating factory and stuff and she used to do chrome, they used to do chrome and, and gold plating and silver plating and stuff and like industrial things and it's like, you know, up the street was the Robinson Jennings, like the world's largest like wheelchair manufacturer, like two blocks away and you know, like, which was really pumping out those wheelchairs when the Vietnam War was happening. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, it was, it was just uh, just so much stuff. And if you went over to the San Fernando Valley, like, the trippiest thing is Washington build the 405 freeway. Like, this, like, Lincoln Boulevard was like Highway 1. Yeah. Okay. And that so, was the main so, street, basically. Right. So, so you would drive that to San Diego. You would go through, to go to San Diego, you had to plan going to San Diego. Mm -hmm. You had to plan to drive to San Diego. If you're gonna go on a surf trip to San Diego, man, you plan that for two or three weeks because you might break down someplace. Right. You know what I mean? No, I mean, it's like, I know that sounds awfully colloquial and really weird, yeah. but it's like, you know, um, one time I was, I was talking, I was up with Santa Barbara talking to Reynolds Jader and it's like his cousin or something was there and I had a van at the time, and he just was going, oh, you have it so you can sleep in it. Well, yeah, and he started telling me stories about trying to drive to San Francisco when he was a kid. It was like, it took you a week. <laughs> oh, my God. It took you a week to drive to San Francisco because you had to camp out. There was this thing. I mean, it's like, he was explaining this whole thing to me, and I kind of related to the fact that like that. But, you know, it goes back to, like, why we're trying to do this art situation. Mm -hmm. Like, um... We're just trying to capture and encapsulate a small moment so that people can look at it and appreciate it. Obviously, nothing's ever going to go backwards. Right. I mean, they're not going to level all this, these places here and put in like single family homes. And, no. and you know what I mean? It's just not, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not going to be, uh, there's not going to be a neighborhood anymore. Yeah. 
right? I mean, that's just the reality. Like, you know, you can accept that or not accept it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's just, but what we're, all we're trying to do is bring people together that have diverse ideas and interests and, and you know, abilities and trying, like for this new show we're trying to do, it's gonna we're really, I think, moving into the next level because we have the ability to incorporate so many more people right. under the umbrella of what we're doing collectively. But what, if, if, let's say if this next show you guys did was like the last show that you did, I'm not saying it is, but it's the last show of this kind you did, what would be the one thing that you would want anyone to remember about what you guys have done with this? That one? they liked it. I mean, it's like that's the only reason we're doing this because obviously there's no money in this for us, mm -hmm. right? Like financially, like this is another one that's like Skip Emblem bad business decisions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? No, I'm serious. It's like, like, like I mean, you know, if you sell like, if like hypothetically we're gonna put like X amount of hours in this thing, maybe we're gonna put like a hundred hours in this thing, right? right? Between now and the time it goes up, maybe we can put maybe we'll put 150 hours in. It's mm -hmm. like that's not really the point. But if you're like if you're breaking it down to the to the minimum wage level of 15 dollars an hour, probably between Matt and I, we'd be in for like several thousand dollars, right? Right. Just in time. That's not even like materials. Mm -hmm. That's just time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're not going to garner that. Right. That's not gonna. That's not. That's never gonna come back to us. So what's the reward? Well, the reward is like you want people to be happy with what they see. Mm -hmm. You want people to go away with the experience of like, God, that was really neat. Like there's something I'm glad I did, or something mm -hmm. I attended to, or something we, you know, we get enjoyment out of doing this. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of for me, it's great because I'm old. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know what I mean? I like it. Like. Like my born on date's coming up, you know what I mean? This is the fucking reality. I'm not gonna, I don't know if I'll be alive tomorrow or if I'll be alive in 15 years from now. Right. But that, that's not even, it's just the, the idea that, that we get to do something mm -hmm. and we're gonna get to share it with other people. And I'm sure there's, and the reality is in every venture you do in life, there's gonna be negativity. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just human nature, right? The, right, yeah, there's gonna be, we will not be able to uh, please 100% of the people 100% of the time. That's just a given. Yeah. And if you look at, if you let that stop you from doing something, you know, some people are not going to like the artwork they see in there. Mm -hmm. Like, it might be offensive to them. It's like, we're not, we're not censors. Right. That's not our job. Right? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you know, a lot of bad shit happened in Los Angeles over the years. There's yeah. two major riots and yeah. you know, and a whole bunch of gang activity and all kinds of shit that happened in the city of Los Angeles, right? Mm -hmm. That isn't that isn't like on us. I mean, it's just what it is. Yeah, and you guys are representing the stories of Los Angeles, so some of that right. stuff's gonna come out the good and the bad. Right. But that's what makes it. I think the the story of if you want to say the story of Los Angeles or there in any city is that the good and the bad make the soul of the city, right? right. That's what at the end of the day like does. And it's beautiful that you guys are doing that through your artwork um, mm -hmm. that you guys are doing. Um, in closing, is there anyone you guys want to thank um, for helping you guys out and stuff? I want to thank my friend Chris at Contact. 
Uh-huh. LA Photo Lab. Dude, I'm always late. I'm trying to get the <laughs> show printed. And my friend Andy that works at Sherman over here, who I'm always late trying to get the pictures to him and somehow like he can you know it works out getting it framed and printed um obviously I want to thank my wife and I want to thank your wife for putting up with us <laughs> you know Martha thanks Martha you know, I'd love to go to Japan St. Martha she's the yeah. best <laughs> um and Mike Townsend for letting us see the show out of Yucca Valley a compound thank you yeah and um like my like my friend Scott Anderson who owns Aquatech, he's like oh yeah thanks Scott always, always like lets me lets us make this stuff like <laughs> like he just looks at us and goes like oh those two <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and it's gonna and it's like it actually does in reality in reality like Scott's an unknowing patron because of the resume of course, yeah we use. Like, <laughs> yeah yeah I should, I should mention that now yeah, <laughs> like, thank you Scott for that I mean it's really. You know, and I'll just say something, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, this guy, Scott Anderson, I've known him since he was like an 18-year-old kid, okay? I mean, he's, and he's an adult, and he has children and stuff, and his kids was, his son was the number one go-kart <coughs> racer in the state for two years, and he's driving midgets now. Go Daniel Anderson, okay? <laughs> um, right, he's in first-year rookie driving, you know? But, like, Scott Anderson is absolutely, and I don't give a shit what anybody says, because I've been doing this stuff for 50 years, he's the, absolutely the best all-around surfboard builder in the world, bar none. He can do every process of the surfboard mm -hmm. perfectly himself. He can, except for blowing the blank, which I'm sure he could do if he wanted <laughs> to, he could he shape, laminate, hot coat, sand, gloss, polish, airbrush, and box the board of all 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 different shapes though. Yeah, he can do long, any, short, mid length, freaking crazy. That's he's the he's the, he can build. We're in our factory right now. You can see like a George Greeno Velo that he's redoing. Uh, I've seen a picture of it. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, the the stringless flex tail boards, the rod stuffer V's, the Marshall Brothers, the the. the the barbells, yeah. the the poacher models, the you know like the Greeno edge boards, Timmy O'Rourke, Timmy O'Rourke models. Yeah, like there's, yeah. you know, it's like not he he can if you can think about it, he can make it. He can make it. It's like and he's he's absolutely you know I mean, he's the best guy. Like oh you gonna say this guy shapes this and this like that? Hey man, let's just put these guys in the surfboard factory for one and and. Like he can make the entire surfboard in one day. He could start in the morning and you could be riding it the next day if you really had to do it, right? Because he could do all that faster, better, and quicker and better looking than anybody. I don't give a shit to what anybody says. Well, I, we, I had him on the podcast. One of the things that he oh, said- yeah, he was on here. He got interviewed yeah. here. Um, and one of the things that was really cool and you talk about him making all these shapes, he said that's why he loves to do it. He, he loves to, he said the biggest reason, he, at least he told me, was why he loved to do it so much is that He'll be making a log, he'll be making a stringer list, he'll be making an edge board, and he can make all those things. There's not anybody else in the world that can do that. And he's helping some fix your car. <laughs> On top of that, that's like the no, did, did he tell you about the 50 Mercury? No. <laughs> oh. oh, we might need to get that for the show. He has a, he spent 10 years putting together this like chopped and channeled 50 Mercury that like Dick D's out in 
Paris, California, did the initial chopping on, uh -huh. and then brought it back, and then he went through all this stuff. There isn't one part on this car that stopped. Wow. Right? He made me drive behind him with no tail lights and stuff, and no <laughs> and things on my truck so that he could drive it, but chopped and channeled with like no tail lights and no brake lights <laughs> or anything out from Paris, California over to some place so that he could get it like, so we could get it powder coated and shit and stuff. It's like, see this is, this is part of the, this is also part of the history and culture of Los Angeles is the fact that like, you know, like he's a gearhead, right? Yeah. I mean, not only is he a great shaper and sprinter, but he's a full gearhead. Which is like part of the tradition of all these guys like Valzi and, mm -hmm. and Donald Takayama and and, and um, you know all these guys, man. When I was a kid, all these like surfer guys, a lot half of them had had hot rods and stuff. And like like one of the guys I grew up with, like his brother owned the, this this rail, a twin engine Chevy rail called Freight Train, and they put he pushed he pushed it out of the garage one night when his brother was asleep and. And took it down to the when they were building the 405 freeway and ran it at a quarter of a mile on it with this guy Bernardo Roscoe driving it, and and woke up, woke up people for 20 city blocks and the police came and arrested him and oh, his brother wanted to kill him for stealing his rail and you know this other guy I was in school with he worked on this on this on this show car called the Bantam, which was like a little I mean it's like you know like I said all these guys you know there's nothing these people like you know. They made, they made, there were bikers around here and they had choppers and stuff. And so you look, at any given moment around here, there was something happening where somebody was building something or making something or forming something or, you know, choosing to um, create something. So if you grow up in an epicenter of creativity, plus, like when I had a store on Main Street, okay, like, like I had, I had like, Gary Weiss behind us, who was the who did all the original video stuff for Saturday Night Live, right? Uh -huh. And then his girlfriend Annie used to shoot for Paris Match Magazine, and Lily Tomlin and these people wrote through and Andy Coffin. And then there was a guy Michael Baylog who had a studio next to it. And he went to work doing. He did giant resin sculptures like like fin panels, and we cut them out. And when he moved to New York, he gave us all he gave Jeff O and I all the pigments from his thing. And then and then he left and his and then this guy wild bill wegman moved in and did all the man ray the dog photos behind us like we used to see that dog every day oh, and sure. then and then john baldessari moved in so right and then when i was 15 years old i lived with john daddy dill in hawaii so it's like you know what i mean it's, so you just grew up around these people and like you know i met jim ganser when he was doing like like the skateboard thing when four years ago he was like the manager of like one of the skateboard teams, right? And then it's like, you know, um, you know, I did art elfing for him back in the 80s and stuff. We made palm chopper tables and stuff. And so it's like you just grow up around all these people, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, we even did like stuff for like Doug Atkins, right? You know, he like the famous artist here mm -hmm. in Venice, like, like he, he did a, surfboard repair video for me when he got out of college. Yes, he directed got him to, That's cool. I won't even tell you how cheap we got him for that. Do like, you still have that video? Yes, I do. I hold it over his head occasionally. Right? Like, I'm going to show it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for him, his fortune is out of release, but it's like, you know, but we did, he, he, he when we were over, they had the old place over here before he got his new studio, it was like, 
we, he did all these big foam pieces and stuff with him and you know he has these two guys that work for him like you know um, that are like really talented you know what I mean Austin and, and Eric and they just like really you know like they, they like and, that, and like one of my best friends was like this guy Dan Friedman and he was the head lithographer for Gemini and shit. He did like Rauschenberg and Frank Stella and Lichtenstein and oh, all wow. these guys, right? He even has Trigger's death mask, right? Oh. You know what I mean? So like me and him used to have, he's another Capricorn, we used to have Capricorn birthday parties. <laughs> and, and, you know what I mean? And, and, and um, Van Dyke's Parks was one of his best friends, so Van Dyke used to come over and play piano at our birthday parties. So this is it's just like the richness of like the the art and creativity here, and yeah. that's something you guys are spotlighting, which is like great. Yeah. So like this is so for me and I know Matt, it's so great that we could like try and bring all these elements. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's people we 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 haven't even contacted yet about this thing. We're just doing the initial starting to do the initial list of people we want to deal with, and mm -hmm. you know what I mean. So we gotta hustle. What's it? Do you guys have a date for it? In the, I think uh, late June, early July. We're just trying to figure out when they're going to black it out. So you guys got to get, yeah, this is, this is almost your Tokyo. Yeah. I know, it's, <laughs> it's already it's starting it's to be. Right. <laughs> you're like, it's a little easy. Here's hard. no materials, yeah, and yeah. here's a space. <laughs> and it's a little easy. I know, it's, it's yeah. Thanks to Skip and Matt for sitting down with us and talking to them. Make sure you check out their show. Uh, make sure you follow uh, Matt's Instagram account. Uh, you know, to keep keep up to date with what's going on. It sounds really amazing what they want to do, and I love art shows that are like that that are kind of expand and grow. It reminds me about a lot of the stuff that we used to do during ICFF in New York in the early 2000s in Brooklyn, where you know these small little shows we might have started out as like a little pop up show in a lingerie boutique, like two three years later turned into a big warehouse show. And this sort of sounds like the same thing in a sense of like this started as this one off project and just grew and grew and grew and snowballed. I also love the fact that it's a representation of, you know, the real character of Los Angeles. I'm not a native of LA. So for me, it's very educational and it, it informs me and it kind of keeps me up to speed of what's going on. So make sure to check it out when uh, the show uh, pops up again. But I don't want to keep you guys any longer. Uh, I want to get into some tracks and then I'll check in with you guys in a little bit for some short takes. Peace. All I see is blinking lights, trackboards and fat mics, 950s, SB12s, MP. Shit is thumping, eardrums pumping. The shit is type hype, but the sample is tight, right? Bite this one and leave teethless. Never sweat that, cause I'm a cool cat. Just like Heathcliff, beat this, give up the loot. It's 94 and bitch ass niggas, yeah, they still get the boot. The North Flakes, cause I be flowing in all states. Show kept digging and digging, now he got more crates. That's right, nigga, roll that dime, and I'm the only living matter that controls my mind. Peace to every single rapper on this whole earth. Sellouts got no work. I think they better go soul search. Now here I go again, ready to flow again. And if the coast ain't clear, hell yeah, I'm still going in. Get it together 
or you'll be laying on a stretcher. I betcha, I'm a getcha, the number one heart stressor. Sorry, black, that's right, it's a cardiac arrest. Try to triple team the best, then where's party at? Lost to no one, a warrior like Shogun. And when the show's done, stacks and stacks is how the hoes come. I boost your feeling, confidence is to the ceiling. If I'm sick, I'll pick a chick for sexual healings. I'm unique, a freak like Malik. In the twilights, with more highlights than Dominique. Around my boys is where the jail stops. Up to the streets, the jeeps, my peeps in the cell blocks. I'm not the best, but I get distressed. To flatter me, your strategy gotta be more complex than chess. Stop bluffing, cause you ain't saying nothing, G. And start ducking, I'm the A to the fucking G. Last LB, we got down right. Showed all these corny motherfuckers what hip hop's supposed to sound like. CAG and a brother show. Quiet is kept, his best that you step on the low. Of my jungle, just a gangster stalking, living life like a firecracker, quick as my fuse. Been dead as a death, back the colors I choose. Red or blue, cuz of blood, it just don't matter. Sucker died for your life when my shotgun scatters. Colors. The gangs of LA will never die, just multiply colors. Your 
assistance, social persistence. Any problem I got, I just put my fist in. Cut. My life is violent, but violence life. Peace is a dream, reality is a night. My colors, my honor, my colors, my all. With my colors upon me, one soldier stand tall. Tell me, what have you left me? What have I got? Last night in cold blood, my young brother got shot. My homeboy got jacked, my mother's on crack. My sister can't work cause her arms show tracks. Madness, insanity, living profanity. Then some punk claiming they're understanding me. Give me a break, what world do you live in? Death is my set, guess my religion. Color, 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 color. Pants are sagging, braided hair. Suckers stare, but I don't care. My game ain't knowledge, my game's fear. I've no remorse, so squares beware. But my true mission is just revenge. You ain't my set, you ain't my friend. Wear the wrong color, your life could end. Homicide's my favorite binge color. So I'll just walk like a giant, police defiant. You'll say to stop, but I'll say that I can't. My gang's my family, it's all that I have. I'm a star on the walls, my autograph. You don't like it, so you know where you can go. Plus the streets on my stage, and tears my show. Psychoanalyze, try, diagnose me. Why? It wasn't your brother to brutally die, but it was mine. So let me define my territory. Don't cross the line. Don't try to act crazy, cause that shit don't phase me. If you ran like a punk, it wouldn't amaze me. Cause my color's death. Though we all want peace, but our war won't end. Till all war see. Now 
you know. Inhale, exhale with my flow. Break away, come again like this. The LB to the C, two times don't miss. Cause if you do, you break, you get broke. Me and Mr. G and the end of smoke. And sipping, talking like a pimp. Weekend, seeking new lands without transport. Cause endo smoke is a man's sport. I never feel stressed, and that's the realest. Just a proper herb for my chronic illness. Please let me go on with my day. Relax with fat tracks and a real fat J. Ooh, I think I'm in love. Astounded from what it did, sending me for above. On a flagpole, I can brag for days. You can't swim in rim, cause my tidal waves high. And that's no joke, cause Mr. Grimm takes flight from the end of smoke. smoke. Whatever you do, motherfucker, you better not joke. This ain't no stress, it's the motherfucking end of smoke. Whatever you do, motherfucker, you better not joke. This ain't no stress, it's the motherfucking end of smoke. Ignition to a mission blast off through the car. Most of the voyage I enjoy is just the cause I sonic boom when I return back to earth Birth of a new rhyme Will take no time, I'm prepared Papers and a lighter to provoke A comical scene to watch Mr. Grimm choke And gain composure, compose a symphony From C-H-R-O-N-I-C and Mr. G Mixed together nice, combining lick the lining Voila, a fat chronic sack you can put in your jar H&R puff the stuff in your lungs Smoking on the chronic, getting spray sprung Stretched Taken to the extreme feeling, dancing on the ceiling like vinyl. If you hear me on some vinyl, I'll break it till it can't be broke as I soak in the end of
you to yeah. a funky new direction. With the smoky talent, yeah. I stabilize my balance. Put it in a format to channelize your talent. Yeah. With the new description that keeps the sucker pissing. Recollect the days when you ain't got a pot to piss in. And that's what you remember who was doing all the lynching. The funkiness continued, taking a pinch of just a switch. And dropping topics with precision. Recollect the digits. This is 1990, and you are sure to find it. Funky instrumental that is not too detrimental. Listen very closely, and you can see that mostly. To promote the check out the conduct of this funky product. Prepare to get pumped up when I want to get phoned up. Tabulate a section that doesn't need correction. No need for the inspection or the style that I'll be flexing. Yo, you is legit when it comes to making hits. As for you and your crew, what can I do? What can I do? Brooklyn. 
Brooklyn bomber that can't rest. No success, I'm getting money progress. Traveling from free from state to state. That's how I get my idea to create. I live motivate. I keep on moving. It's been proven. I make death jams like Rick Rubin. I stay on my tippy toes, wrecking shows. I'm too slow. You can't beat my ill flow. Hit this burning zone. Keep low like an Eskimo. After people still carry my phone phone. Open the door. It's the real outlaw. From Flatbush to South Shore. Giving you more with more. I just came home from tour. It's my time to burn the Rick's floor. I'm coming to the floor with the axe. I'm bully gas to the max. Proving facts. No faking jacks. I'm the baddest man on the wax. Messing around with my squad. You get taxed. X locks on hot tracks. I can't relax. Breaking backs with my NFL quarterbacks. Flip mode DE, we bring good things to life. Put down your gun and light. I'm in it to win it, plus I'm wildin' for the night. All my real people in the place to be, you feel right. Yet you know we, we get wild for the night. Fuck is in the place to make you wanna fight. Serious, let's get busy, cause we wild for the night. My flip mode people getting wild for the night. People in New York getting wild for the night. My people's in the West getting wild for the night. People in the world getting Wow for the night. Uh. My people uptown, just throw your hands up in the place. If you feel right, you get in. Wow for the night. Uh. Throw your hands up, we get in. Wow for the night. People cross the land, get in. Wow for the night. My people's downtown, they get in. Wow for the night. Yo, I'm top villain, making the killing. Flipping script like Terry McMillan. I can't help the way I'm feeling. Caps is feeling, drugs is dealing. My thoughts keep illing. Rampage is higher than the ceiling. Mad and feeling, brothers who dealing from Brown's villain. I'm ready and willing. I'm playing. Lock and chase. You can get my black race bitter. Here's a chase. I'm moving cats like Chase. You about to get laced. 15 across your face. You at the wrong place. You at the wrong time. You didn't use your third vision mind. You sipping wine. Your vision is blind. No, you can't see the victory. You in this street. It's getting deep. You roll the wind the wrong peak. You're the black sheep. You up on tap, Scott. When your little brother got shot. It's getting hot. Now you back around the way with the same clothes. Plus your bum holes that you chose. They gave up your whereabouts when you hang out, who you hang with, now you got to get your dough split, you wildin' for the night, wildin' for the night, all my live people from across the land, you feel right, let you know we get in, wild for the night, all my people across the sea and the earth, yo, you know we coming, do we get in, wild for the night, my flip mode soldiers get in, wild for the night, my out of state people get in, wild for the night, my cross country people get in, wild for the night, you know we get in, you know we get in, wild for the night, throw your hands in the
Get your nose rolling up like two can. Sam, and we don't give a damn. Bullet soaked in oil so the tech can't jam. Sipping on Caribbean rum, coconut juice, smoking on that chocolate stick. Open up two bottles of that brass monkey on some trunky. You R&B fake rapper, sucker monkeys. I'm from back in the days with the Christopher Hayes on my back, spiked out black. You like that? Seven rays in my head, my girl stays in the bed, and she loves to lay the eggs. Prepare for the mic onslaught, swift with the sword, slick lord, holding my weight, home and abroad. The crowd roared for the peeps, playing for the streets. I reaped and sowed, scriptures weaved and wove. Behold, gold for the people, equal, fresh on the weekend. Wu-Tang, Biggie Smalls, live at the beacon. Backstage, drinks on the house, the show is banging. Brothers, great goosing, Wu was tangerayin'. A law teaching, school's in session, the God speaking. I'm just now. Snake handshakes and fake hugs Waiting for the hour to devour And splatter your head to powder I'm a slave to the rhythm But never to a mental death in power The hour has come We got y'all 11 to 1 Son, you done off Too late to break north Tactics are hazardous to the health bomb Stealth rifles, they M16 Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Yo, just what we stand for Loyalty, what we strive for Righteousness, what we live and die for Strictly fam members only Yo, Sydney fam and Mazzoni. Yo, yo, just what we stand for. Loyalty, what we strive for. Righteousness, what we live and die for. Strictly fam and Mazzoni. What? Strictly fam and Mazzoni. Hey yo, hey yo, great minds think alike. We used to drink all night, think about things that's wrong and how to make it right. Ice cold bottles of brass, time flashes, a hundred blunt passes before the guard asks What's the square miles of the planet? Why is the after slanted? How much is covered by water? How much is granted? True, I master equality, God body be flowing like the chi energy inside your artery. Faithful as a pilot, still rock against the tank. The force of my will still kill, shooting blanks. Just from the sound alone, your head's blown. No score. In the red zone, you best to head home Or get thrown to the dead zone, son, we need to live Interrupt the Grammy show, then teach the kids Yo, just what we stand for, what we strive for What we live for, what we give for, what we die for Strictly fan members only Strictly fan members only I grew up around block parties ready to rock Behind a rope with my rhyme on cock First shot, first nigga who had the pop Bad weather blew the feathers off a hundred flocks. Seventy percent goose, thirty duck get stuck. If each link in your chain is truck, can't come in this rhyme cipher with nine snipers. Charge off the juice from the pot pipers. Grew up around beat boys, DJs, MCs, through rap. Never thinking their ways to TV. It was strictly all about magnificent rhyme clout. Direct room, two dollars with the flyer, three with doubt. Now his wigs pushed back, names removed off the plaque, too wild to reenact with tax, that's the price to pay. My goal is to aim and spray, my night is the same as day. Yo, just what we stand for, what we strive for, what we live for, what we give for, what we die for. Strictly fan members only. Strictly fan members only. Yo, just what we stand for, what we strive for, what we live for, what we give for, what we die for. Strictly fan members only. Strictly fan members only.
welcome back everybody to the bodega board crew podcast hope you dug some of those tracks um i had to put in an iced tea track while we're talking about la iced tea you know a lot of people just know him as you know the actor iced tea now but one of the most important mcs in first of all in hip-hop history and specifically in california and la hip-hop history you know he really helped put california on the map and I love I love his his songs because he just has a natural way of telling these stories and setting a tone. Colors is one of my favorite one of his tracks, and it really does tell a story about the gang scene that was going on here. You know, it's almost like how country western singers used to be able to tell these like amazing stories that painted a picture. Ice T is one of those people that did that for me on the East Coast um, about LA. You know, I could really, in my head, picture what he's talking about. And I had to throw that track in there. But on to the housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, volume 33. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the episode description on your iTunes player for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. This week, we have a whole bunch of things to talk about in our short takes. The first short take we have this week is a little blog entry that appeared on the Bing Surfboards website about a surf movie called Nausicaa that's being filmed out in the Mediterranean. And, you know, we don't normally think of surfing in the Mediterranean, um, but there's waves there. People surf there. It's obviously not as consistent as we have here. Uh, but I could just imagine it being a beautiful experience. So this is a little piece that we found that has um, some people like Andy Neveless and uh, Melly uh, Saley talking about the movie that's coming out. Uh, it sounds really cool. I love these kind of surf films because they're not your typical surf film in a sense of like, you know, we're so used to seeing these like California, Indo, you know, Hawaii kind of surf movies, uh, South America surf movies. And seeing surf movies from like these random pockets in the world really shed the light on how how this culture is just everywhere and it penetrates everything. And I think it's really cool. So I'm really excited to see this when it comes out. It's a little sneak peek of it, so make sure to check it out. The next short take we have is a link to a video about a walk on water, uh, which is a charity that uh, basically gets people involved in surfing through surf water therapy and it's an amazing thing i've seen i've known people who've done it who volunteer for it i want to try to get more active with it um they had a big fundraiser in malibu recently that was really cool i think these are the kind of things that the surf community can get together about um you know there's nothing like introducing a child uh to the water as a form of therapy um, with whatever's going on in their life to you know give them a goal that they accomplish in a friendly way you know, we all know what that stoke was like the first time that we caught a wave. So being able to share that with children and families who normally don't get to experience that uh, is pretty amazing. I, as a father, seeing the look on these kids' faces is something that you couldn't replicate with anything, you know, and you could tell through their eyes that this is something that they will never forget and they will use for the rest of their lives. Uh, as a jumping point, even if they don't surf, you know, gives them uh, this kind of thing that they worked hard for and got stoked on. 
So check out the video. If you can go to their website, join, donate, volunteer. Um, it's something I'm going to try to volunteer in the next year um, and raise some money for. Uh, we have a link to donate money directly on the description here. So make sure to check it out and, um, you know, support these families and these athletes and these kids the best way you can. The next short take is a little clip that I found that Duncan Campbell had put up on Vimeo. Uh, Duncan Campbell, part of the Campbell brothers, uh, inventor of the bonzers, um, still shaping the bonzers nowadays, uh, you know, working with Channel Islands and, and their team with some of the three and five fin bonzers. Um, honestly, for me, the hydrodynamic principles that they came up with uh, and had rough short uh, surf back in the day is it's kind of revolutionary and it's amazing that like it didn't get enough attention but like I said I just bought one recently and I think I'm even from the first day I've I think I'm kind of hooked on this idea but anyway Duncan Campbell is pretty awesome because he posts all these like crazy videos every once in a while there's one we talked about a couple episodes about about where it had a bunch of hidden rush short footage um, anyway this one is called three is the magic number um, which is about the whole three fin system uh, in classic Duncan Malcolm fashion, it's very trippy. It's very out there. It's, you know, which is very cool. Um, so I suggest you check it out. It has some amazing surfing. I love watching this kind of archival surfing footage. Like I, one day I want to just take, you know, all these clips and put them into one big, like, you know, three hour loop and just have it in the background of my house every day. Um, so that's the impact that has on me. I hope it has that sort of impact on you. Um, either way, make sure to check it out. I think it's a, it's worth a look. Our last short take this week has to do with some footage that Loot put together of the Mexi Log Fest. Loot, I guess, is a gallery cafe or something down there um, that was one of the sponsors and hosts of the Mexi Log Fest. Anyway, they put that together this clip that's like an hour and a half long of all the surfing footage that they could gather, uh, which is pretty cool, and everybody's in it. I haven't I've haven't been able to sit down and watch the whole thing 100%. I've been kind of fast forwarding through it, I'll be honest. Um, but Cassie is in it, Andy's in it, all these people that like you normally don't see surfing are in it. It's just cool to see um, that stuff go down and you know how they shot it and really makes me want to have been there. Um, so I'm excited about going next year. But anyway, it's a it's kind of like, you know, Mexican longboard surf porn, if you will. Um, so make sure to check it out. Uh, we have a link to it in our description. And that's the end of our episode this week. Um, again, thank you so much for uh, sticking around with us. Uh, 33 episodes in and uh, more to come. Uh, we have some great interviews in the can that we'll be publishing. I'm actually going to New York this next week uh, to talk to some people, um, to interview some people and get that going. Um, and I'm excited to have that as part of the show. Um, also excited to meet with some people there. Uh, again, finish wrapping up on Lucy's. Lucy's, you know, we we filmed everything we could for now. Uh, you know, just like any other film project, you always want more and more and more and more. But at a certain point, you have to give yourself a deadline and be like, this is all we could get. And we haven't had the perfect ways, but we're, we're making the best of it. And I'm excited, you know, this project with Ryan has been really cool because, you know, this is just the first piece of, you know, what we want to do in surf film. And it's kind of like, it's like we're giving you a little sample. This is the little sample bag for you to taste. Um, and I'm excited because the sample bag looks pretty good so far. Uh, we've 
Ryan's been shooting over some rough cuts. We're going back and forth. You know, we're having this thing ready for the the current uh, art show that they're doing on June 1st in Rhode Island. And I'll have more information about that. I'll blast about it on Instagram. Um, but that's where it looks like it's going to be premiering, uh, working out the logistics and stuff. We also are going to have some merch related to it. Not right away. Uh, I think maybe a month down the road after the premiere, there is going to be some posters and some t-shirts that are going to be produced. I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, it's been fun working on that and I look forward to working on more projects like that. I also want to thank everybody who came and filmed with us um, all the random days that we had to do it and for clearing up their schedules to do that. I really appreciate it. And you're going to have me nagging you a lot more over the next year to, to work on the, the full length film. So thanks for that. But again, you know, it's been a pleasure doing this episode. It's been a pleasure talking to Skip, to Matt, to everybody. Uh, thanks for everybody out there who's been, you know, contacting me. Uh, all the Instagram buddies, all the surf buddies, all that stuff. It's been a lot of fun. Lots of new stuff to, you know, come out on the horizon that I'm excited about. And as it's ready, we'll be releasing it. So stay tuned for that. But I want to leave you guys with some last parting words, you know, that we always do. There's no need to bust a craze on a wave, you know, have fun out there, you know, make the best of the conditions we have, you know, uh, as long as everyone communicates out there, you're going to have a good time. Smile at each other, talk to each other in the parking lot. Don't vibe each other in the parking lot. It's not worth it. You know, it's always nice to, you know, to talk in the parking lot, uh, before and afterwards or on the side of the road or wherever you are, uh, you know, get to know each other. So that way you know each other in the water. But this episode, you know, went for some obscure tracks with the hip hop. And what I'm going to end it on is some soul tracks that I really love. Um, starting off with uh, Mr. Gil Scott Heron, one of my favorites. Um, I, I love his music. I love everything he was about. Rest in peace. Um, I heard he was a little difficult to work with in person, as most artists are. But <laughs> that's just that's just the life of dealing with like crazy artists. Uh, but his music really speaks to me and always has since I've been a little kid. My dad used to play uh, me uh, his tracks and uh, his records. And I remember uh, having a couple of the records around when I was like a little kid. Uh, I vividly remember the album covers. But anyway, uh, I'm going to end it off with these tracks. And then I'll see you guys out there. Peace. <laughs>
Your mind lies in the devil's workshop. Evil doings your thrill. And trouble and mischief is all you live for. You know done well. And that you go to hell. You go to hell. So you live in high and mighty. Rich off the fat of the land. Just don't dispose of your natural soul. Because you know who done well. That you go to hell. That you go to hell. Say hell where your natural soul burns. Where you pay for your sins. Hell, keep your children from wrongdoing. Cause you know who done well that they they'll go to hell. They'll go to hell. I say hell, man, woman created. Hell to live for eternity. An apple they ate from the tree of age, so you know who done well that they went to hell. They went to hell. Now, Satan was an angel in heaven, but he stood. 